When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bunny Michael, and you're listening to Exo Higher Self Advice and Healing, the podcast where you ask me for advice and I help get you to the place within yourself where you already have the answer. The truth is we all have a deep wisdom inside of us that's not easy to access in a world of trauma, chaos, and bias conditioning. Connecting with your higher self is the process of peeling back those layers to recognize you've always been enough and you deserve so much more than you realize. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to another episode. I hope that you had an awesome weekend. I'm feeling very refreshed. Kara and I went on a beach vacation last week. I don't know if some of you saw in our IG stories. We had a really great time, but my favorite thing about being able to go to the beach is getting in that ocean water. I don't think there's anything more refreshing or rejuvenating than going in the ocean, just being in the water. I love it so much. It just, it just makes me feel so good. And I know not everybody feels that way. I mean, Kara enjoys the beach, but isn't really like a beach bum like I am. I can sit on the beach for literally hours and just go in and out in the water, lay there, just do nothing. But um, anyway, we both had an amazing time and we're so, so grateful. But we missed our dog tremendously. That was hard. We had four nights without him, my little baby. But now we're all back together and it's back to regular scheduling. And I'm really excited to be with you this week. Today's episode is about something that is really, really important. Um, it's about boundaries and taking care of yourself when it comes to being in service to other people, specifically this listener is a teacher and and struggling a little bit with dealing with um, harm when it comes to students. So this question is, is really complex and I'm really, really grateful that it was that the listener brought it to this podcast and that we get to talk about it because it's not just about teacher stuff, right? It's about any work that we do where we feel like we have a goal of awakening more love in the planet, of helping people. How do we take care of ourselves along the way? All right, let's get to the question. Hi, Benny. Just wanted to thank you so much for everything that you share with the world. Your wisdom has been so healing for me in my own journey and I know so many other people. And today I wanted to ask about your advice for connecting to my higher self in my career. I am working towards becoming a teacher and completing my hours and part of that is doing student teaching and so currently I am taking over some classes as a teacher, but 
still in the process of becoming of becoming an official teacher. So it's a lot of practice and trial and error, and I've had to do a lot of unlearning of what um, letting go of what I wanted abolition to look like in the classroom because the reality of living in a continued capitalist state is that a lot of my ideal abolitionist practices are not possible. Um, but also, I think I was really naive in coming into my student teaching and thinking that students themselves would not be perpetrators of harm. And I think I was always super aware of how institutions and other teachers and adults harm young people. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to become a teacher, because I wanted to disrupt that and to be an adult that was affirming and empowering for young people and to continue to leverage being an adult to empower youth liberation and just in general have a job where I can somewhat work towards liberation but still make a living. Um, that was the goal. Um, but being a queer teacher, being a brown femme person, it's been really difficult when your students are causing you a lot of harm. Um, a lot of my students say a lot of really um, homophobic things, even if they are not necessarily like believing it, like they just love to say it for attention, I guess, or just because they're young, 13 to 15 year olds who just say whatever they think is funny or cool. And so I think I just would love to hear your input on connecting to my higher self in these moments because I think I just hear a lot of mixed things from a lot of people where it's like one, like some people say, yeah, it's not okay. Like it's not okay for people to keep harming you. But then I hear other messaging of like, well, you know, they're young people, like, you know, they're absorbing their entire world and, you know, they're still learning. And basically my question is that I hear a lot of messaging from a lot of different people about how to maneuver through teaching with the positionalities that I have as like a queer brown femme person. And so I struggle with knowing what to listen to and what I feel like I really need to listen to is my higher self um, for affirmations, for support, for strength, for getting through things like this, for navigating things in the moment, for you know, addressing things long-term with my young people. Um, so, yeah, I, I just would really appreciate your advice or your insight in connecting to my higher self in relation to this situation as I come into this profession as a teacher and dealing with young people who aren't really harmful to me. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Bernie. I appreciate you and look forward to hearing what you have. Hi, babe. Well, first, I want to commend you for wanting to be a teacher, for wanting to be in service in such a beautiful way. I know you are not alone in this struggle, especially when we come from a system that doesn't pay teachers enough, doesn't give them enough support, doesn't provide safe environments, etc. So it makes sense that you don't have a roadmap to follow when it comes to this. 
When we are on a path of wanting to be in service to love and creating a better world, whether that is through teaching, art, activism, or whatever, our needs and boundaries aren't all going to look the same. For example, some people thrive having confrontational dialogue with people they feel are causing harm. Some people are willing to be tied up to a tree to prevent that tree from being bulldozed to the ground. Some people prefer to be more behind the scenes, organizing donations, or maybe writing poetry or making art that inspires people to find their creative voice. Some people don't feel safe in protests or aren't physically able to go. Some people work well in leadership positions. Some work better solo. My point is what you need when it comes to teaching is valid because it's what you need. There is no one way or one path to create the world you want to see. And as we continue on our journey, we're going to learn what works for us and what doesn't. So if you thought teaching was going to look a certain way and feel a certain way, and now you have to kind of reassess what your boundaries are around that, that is absolutely okay. The only way to stay on this path is to also be able to take care of yourself. Now, what I see happening is that you have a ton of compassion for the fact that these students are acting this way because they want to belong. They want to be liked. They want to fit in. They say what they say because they want to be cool in the eyes of other students. On the deepest level, that is a way for them to feel safe in their own skin. If they feel liked and accepted by their peers, it helps them like and accept themselves. What is sad is that they haven't yet been guided to source that self-acceptance from a deeper place. Maybe they haven't been told how valuable they are, that everyone has value, or maybe they're just at that age where rebelling against authority, breaking social rules, making teachers angry is an act of claiming their own autonomy, even if it can feel mean-spirited or misguided. When I think back at how I acted at that age, it's so hard for me not to just cringe. I remember being in junior high and calling my gym teacher a dyke. Now, I probably said a ton of horrible things when I was that age. I know I did, including like calling people sluts. And I was also called a slut. But this time really sticks out in my head because I distinctly remember saying that about my gym teacher. I remember where I was in the locker room. I remember where I was sitting, who I was sitting next to. Like, I remember it like it was yesterday, probably because I was gay and that scared the shit out of me. So internally, I knew that me calling her a dyke was deeper than just like me trying to be a smart ass or whatever. So yeah, I don't doubt that internalized homophobia and transphobia is also at play when young people act like that. Now, one thing I think could be really helpful to keep in mind is that when your students are saying that stuff, 
it's triggering you. They are triggering your past experiences, your trauma, your fears of not being accepted, your fears of homophobia and transphobia. And that is why it is so hard to be around that, not just because it's sad for them and you're sad that they're causing harm, but they're also triggering you. Hell, even when I'm on the subway sometimes and a group of teenagers come in, like a big group of teenagers, and they're being all loud and stuff, I can't help but feel those old feelings like I'm back at school being left out of the crowd or not being cool enough or something. I can't imagine how triggering it would be to be teaching at an actual school and go there every day. When you hear a student say the word faggot come out of their mouth, you're not just hearing it in terms of what that represents today. You're hearing all your past associations with that word. That's how triggers work, as you know. It's like putting you back in the past. So maybe in order for this stuff to be sustainable for you to be around, for you to make yourself vulnerable with, is to separate who you are from those past triggers to separate who your students are from your past experiences. Lots of times the hard stuff that we went through as growing up or the trauma we've been through and stuff like that is the main motivation for what we become passionate about later, for what we end up doing for work. Because we want to be part of the solution. We want to change things. We want to give people the love that maybe that was denied to us. We want to make people feel accepted because we didn't feel accepted. We want to be the teachers that we never had, or maybe be like the one teacher that really, really helped us. For example, I want to help people accept themselves, love themselves, know that they have always been enough because I have struggled with self-acceptance. I've struggled with my mental health. I've been through trauma, so I understand how important it is. In fact, I understand that the most important thing in our lives is to understand that we've always been good enough and to see the world from, from that lens. So that's what motivated me to continue to do this work. But we have to separate our work from our identity, from our sense of self. We have to have boundaries around it because no matter how much we care about our passions and our work, it's not going to heal us. And if we put that expectation on the things that we care about, like like work and what we're passionate about, to help us heal, we're going to end up feeling disappointed. This could be a great time for you to ask yourself, okay, why am I teaching? Why do I want to teach? What expectations am I putting on it? What expectations am I putting on my students to do for me? Was I hoping that it would give me some kind of validation 
Was it unrealistic to expect I wouldn't get triggered in this situation? Was it unrealistic for me to expect that every child was going to seem like an angel in my eyes? And what is this teaching me about my own healing journey? What are these triggers showing me about my own wounds? And what do I actually need in this situation? What do I actually think will help me keep healing? You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. There are many ways to help people. But no matter what path we take, we have to separate our personal healing journey from the expectations we have of our passions and our work. You know, this is a little bit different of a, of a story because it's not necessarily about work, but I remember when Kara and I were planning on trying to have a baby and I had some health news and ended up getting some news that me to be able to carry a baby would actually be extremely difficult. And it was a big shock to me, like the possibility of me not um, being able to have a baby was something I never really considered because obviously our culture doesn't talk about it enough. And so it really took me, took me uh, by surprise. So I was really upset about it. And I remember I had a conversation with my therapist that was really, really helpful because she asked me, okay, why do you want to have a baby? And I said, well, I want to love my child for who they are. I want to love them um, and tell them that they're good enough and, you know, give them the kind of love that I always needed. And she was like, that's wonderful. But you know, it's not going to be what you expect it to be. It's never what you expect it to be. A lot of times we have these dreams for certain situations to kind of give us this sense of healing. But that's kind of not how healing works. We can't put that kind of expectations on, on that stuff, right? It's not going to be what we expect it to be. And I think a lot of times people think it's going to, you know, it's funny because even when it comes to doing the type of work I do, I have to be really mindful that the love that I feel from this community and the love that I feel for my work isn't some need to get love, the love that I didn't get as a child, right? Or the attention I didn't get as a child by trying to get attention by as many people as I can uh, through this work. So it's subtle. It's a very subtle difference, mm -hmm. but it's in a very important difference. And I think really thinking about that and taking your time to connect to your higher self and really, and really ask, reassess and ask yourself, okay, what is it that I expect from this work? Um, what is it that I really want from this? Can help you navigate this moving forward because the truth is those students are not going to be perfect. They're not going to make you feel like a savior. 
as much as you want them to. They're not going to be grateful for the things that you do. And so you can't source this sense of satisfaction from them. And once you really see that and really separate yourself and your healing from that relationship, you'll be able to navigate boundaries with those students way better. You'll be able to see them more clearly when you don't have your self-projections on them. And maybe that means not teaching because it's just not sustainable because that triggering is actually traumatizing you. Or maybe it means finding the kind of support, building certain boundaries in order for you to keep doing this work. But either way, whatever you choose is good enough. And caring for yourself and caring for your emotional well-being and safety is priority because that's the only way that you're going to be able to be a force for love in the world is to give yourself that love. All right, babe, you're doing amazing. Wishing you all the best. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. I think teaching is one of the most admirable and challenging professions out there. And I'm always so amazed and inspired by teachers of all age groups. It's just, it's so beautiful. And I really, really wish our politicians, our government, would invest in teachers way more. I mean, it's just it's just atrocious the way that we care for our education system. So if you're an educator out there, we all want to give you a ton of gratitude and thanks for your service. It's never easy. And it's funny too because it takes a while for students to realize the teachers that were really great, you know, have you ever looked back and been like, wow, that teacher was awesome? Or have you ever looked back and been like, wow, that teacher was like not cool and totally was (laughs) inappropriate? I mean, but when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you don't know, you know, you're just trying to survive school, honestly. 
your brains aren't even fully developed, right? And you act out and you and you do things that you kind of cringe about. It's because you're experimenting. It's because you're questioning reality. You're questioning the world. So many changes are happening. It's very anxiety-inducing. My memories from school are just basically like anxiety. I was just always so anxious because socially it was just really, really difficult. So... I can't even imagine what it must be like to be um, in school now, you know, with social media and all of those pressures. And, and, and that also makes teaching hard too. So, yep, you know, we, we do a lot. There are a lot of people in this world doing so much to, to help people. And it's really easy to get caught up in the things that people are doing to harm people. But there's also just, there's just so many angels out there. And by the way, that reminds me, my record, Angels Everywhere, just came out. And the whole theme of the record is that there are angels everywhere. It is like an, a, a call for anti-cynicism. And if you get a chance, I would love for you to stream it. It's out on all streaming services, Angels Everywhere EP. And of course, if you're in the New York area, I think when this comes out, my show will be two days away, so it's not too late to get tickets. Sultan Room, April 26th, my record release show. I'm so excited to perform again. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, and I hope that you have an awesome day. Take care. Take care of yourself. Give yourself that love as people who are doing this type of work, who are in service, it's really easy to sacrifice your health and well-being because you care so much about, about other people, but we've got to put as much effort into caring for ourselves because that's actually what it's all about. Love isn't just a one-way street, right? When you're in the awareness of love, you realize you need it too. And I always tell people pleasers, I say, you don't have to stop being a people pleaser, but you also have to remember that you're a person that also deserves to be pleased. So you can please yourself, right? Okay, I love you so much. And so does your higher self. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.